All right, folks, welcome back. We are live. This is the Roswell UFO Symposium. I am your co-host, Mike. We have co-host Shane in the middle, and we have co-host Toby at the end. Uh, I just wanted to say sorry for people, uh, you know, we made the announcement earlier. We are going to go live about an hour ago, but we had some technical issues, which we have now fixed. Um, So congratulations to us. Um, If you have not already, I highly recommend going to check out our last episode that we did with uh, Matthew Roberts, who is an experiencer. He was also in the Navy, um, and he worked for the Office of Naval Intelligence. It's a great episode. So please go check that out. We have the link tree link down below. Um, and tonight we've got a, a special episode. We, our buddy Shane in the middle here, um, you know, we're going to talk about his life story um, from kind of his experiences to some personal stuff. We're going to get the, the gambit here. So this is going to be a great episode. We're going to do one for each of us, too. We'll do an episode where... You know, I give a little bit of my background um, and Toby, you know, with his. But tonight's I think Shane's got the most interesting story out of the three of us from uh, being in the military to drug addiction to complete success story and now here helping other people. So um, this is going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, again, if you want to support the show, the easiest way to do it is to go down below. I have the link for our link tree. Follow us on social media. Leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And uh, we really appreciate that. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, so, but uh, without further ado, what's going on, guys? What's up, Mike? Toby? Just another day at the office, boys. All right. Um, this is going to be about you, Shane. Um, so why don't you... Do you have a starting point in which you want to jump jump off with this? Do you want to start with your military or even before that? You're, you know, like what do you um, want? We could start with – actually, we'll start with when I joined up. How about that? Okay. Yeah. So we'll start so, with – What year What year did you uh, enlist and what was the background of you enlisting? Um, I enlisted in 2001, May – um, one of the reasons I enlisted my father was Air Force. My great-grandfather was Army Air Corps to Air Force, and then my grandfather was Army, so I wanted to keep that tradition going. But my great-grandfather was a pilot during Korea and World War II. Um, at the time, I didn't, like I said, I didn't understand or believe or anything like that, but he, has, he wrote a book, and in his book, uh, talks about Foo Fighters. So that's actually the very first time I heard and kind of understood what it was, which led me to, you know, kind of reading about it. Um, I know from uh, the point of joining, I ended up getting to my very first duty station September 9th, 2001. So my first day of active duty was September 11th, 2001. That's the very first day I was in active duty Air Force. So I watched the towers uh, get hit. Well, the second tower live. Hadn't even met my bosses and stuff yet when I watched all that stuff go down. Then it was short. It was kind of a... I guess the shit show you would imagine after that. Um, I think it was 2002. By then I was in uh, down downrange, Jacobabad, Pakistan. And it was it was rough, to put it mildly. But it was, I, I guess it was just, the only way I could say it is I was doing my job. I did, I would do it again, right? I, I did, I did my job regardless of when and where they asked me to do it and what was going on. That's the important thing. And I, just like, 
every other man and woman in the service. So sometimes it was crappy. A lot of times it was nothing going on. But sometimes it was pretty intense. And that's just pretty much all that is. And I had three tours between Jacobabad. My second was, uh, we were flying missions in and out of uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, I was delivering fuel. I'm a fuels guy, 2FOX1, P-O-L. Um, and then I had a, another one that was pretty uneventful. But uh, 2010... I ended up getting out of the service, but uh, actually I should back up just a little bit. Prior to getting out, the reason I got out was I started getting sick in about 2008. I wasn't aware. I started having what were, I thought they were heart attacks, the panic attacks, nightmares, uh, just early on symptoms, right? And so I had uh, ended up self submitting myself to uh mental health on base i think it was jacoba or not jacoba yokota air base pakistan and uh the way it worked then at the time was you, you go there you seek help i was just trying to figure out what was going on because of nightmares and just some paralyzing fears and uh things like that and so ended up it goes down the chain from the dock to your commander to your shirt to your boss and then my boss happened to tell everybody you know type thing and then your security clearance is gone, then you're not deployable, so your career is kind of over type thing. So I took an early opportunity, I took a, uh, an opportunity to get out early. I wasn't going to be deploying none of that type of stuff. Um, ended up coming back to my wife and kids who live over in Washington State in Prosser, Washington. I live over, I came, I moved back here and I was still getting super sick and I wasn't even aware. So, you know, the, the constant, um, fear or I would just break down in tears constantly for no reason. All I thought about was uh, my comrades. I couldn't watch TV shows about it. My brain was just not all there. So, and about that time I had a surgery um, on my head for carpal tunnel and uh, they gladly fed me pain pills. And that's the my introduction to those. So I was getting sick at the same time. And I realized that drugs can make that shit go away. Right. Um, 2011, I finally tried to figure out what was going on. I was in trying to get in the VA system, get my VA disability fixed or set up. Um, I couldn't, I was having trouble working, holding the job. I mean, I was, it was horrific. Just the panic, the, just the, the anger, just silly things that I didn't quite understand. So I tried to get in, figure out what it was. This was early on in the VA and it was, Kind of one of those you wait for long periods of time and I, I wasn't really quite sure of myself. I didn't understand what mental health was at the time, nor did I understand what it would mean to me later down the line. So I continued to get sicker, continued to hide hide that fact from my family, from everybody. Then I continued to use and I switched from prescriptions at one point because that wasn't enough and for, all I know is from that point on, it was just straight downhill. It, it was buying illegal ones, doing illegal shit to sustain my living. Eventually, I lost everything, my home, my vehicles. I lost everything for my family. I They had to watch me come home and fall apart as a 34-year-old man. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, no apologies okay. necessary, man. Just, just let me I, uh. I ended up, let me see, where was I at? I, sorry, that got me off guard. You uh, ended, you were yeah, losing everything. Yeah, so 
I started losing everything and I, my wife had made just like any good person. I had to make a choice. You know, I was so sick. All I thought about was using because using prevented me from doing anything. And I was given an ultimatum, not in the house, get the hell out. If that's the case, blah, 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 blah. So to protect the family, the kids, things like that. So I made a choice as a 34 year old man to live on the streets and do drugs and be homeless. That's what I chose to walk away from my family and everything because it felt so right at that time. And I remember part of that was because the not thinking was way better than thinking at that time. All I could do was think about bad shit and just the bad sh And it, it numbed me. It, it wasn't an answer. I know that now, but it numbed the hell out of me. And it got so bad that I spent the rest, I can just skim over these next six years from like 2013 to 2017-ish almost. Because it was doing criminal shit, being a homeless addict. It was going in and out of jail, charge after charge. It was theft. It was and paying the piper every time. Um, always paying the piper, but around 2015 or 16, I started going to the VA trying to get impatient. And this is where it gets wild because the first, as an addict, you get it when you get it. The first four times, I think three times I was at one facility. I think I, I, I jerked it off. And got kicked out because I was trying to use, trying to do stupid shit. I didn't care. I, I It was just just jumping through hoops, do whatever. And I always self-submitted myself. Never had to be told to go to these places by that point because I knew I was off, but I wasn't ready. Uh, but then I got, then Wounded Warrior ended up getting involved. And I got a, they paid for a trip to Cedar Hills in Portland, which was a dual diagnosis. And once I realized my, my mental health was off and that's what I was feeding it, I kind of got clean, I should say. I, I I realized why I was using. And by then, I was actually a full-blown fentanyl addict. So much fentanyl. I should be dead. There's no doubt in my mind. That's all I did, fentanyl. Amounts that would kill anybody. It was a horrible life. Um, but I, I left 2018. I ended up going back because I wanted more care. So I took another... They, Wounded Warrior paid for some more care right away. So I went back up there and I went in. And then from there, I made the choice to go to a VA facility, which was going to be another around six weeks inpatient between the two programs they had. And then I was going to move to a uh, kind of a, almost like a alcohol, like one of those houses where you could go, a sober house that they have for veterans and stuff like, like a that. Like a halfway so house? Had, yes. It basically, well, a sober house is what it was but it's for veterans. And so I, and they make you literally, it's like, it's outpatient, intensive outpatient. So I ended up doing that for a total of like almost, it seemed like a little over a year I was doing in and outpatient like consecutively because I knew it was off. And then I left to care. And then this last time I, in 2019, I went back, but I went back for weed. My mental health was still off, but that's part of the reason I had went back. So I, I checked myself in for weed and it was just a matter of because I knew that'd get me in. I missed people. I wanted to be around that support system. When you got to understand the people in the VA, while the VA sucks, the bureaucracy, the people in there, they're the greatest people I've ever met from the patients to the doctors. They were like family so much that I, I would, I missed them. Like I'd spent so much time with them over this last, gosh, what it seemed like six years of crap. 
So I went back in kind of just to say bye. You know, my mental health was a little bit off still, but I was clean since 2018 minus the weed. And then 2020 kind of rolled around and that's about when I got out. I think it was the end of 2019 and beginning of 2020, but then the pandemic happened. Um, yeah, you'd have to think that like the people that work, the nurses and the healthcare people for the VA, that because it's such a mess that they have to be those kinds of people that you're talking about, like um, these wonderful people. Cause like that's who would want to do that. Like, Hey, I know this is not going to be easy or it's going to be messed up or whatever, but I, you know, I want to help, you know? So what's, uh, it's not, I'm not going to say it's pathetic. I love some of them so much that I found myself missing them because for someone who, and I'll go ahead and mention this now. Uh, one of the things that uh, I read when I got out of the military, when I was trying to get better, was it's a book by Sebastian Younger called Tribes. And it talks about this disconnection you get from all the people around you. And that's part of what PTSD is. And I felt it. And so my tribe became those sick veterans, these people that I still fight for today, you know, and those nurses, these people that got me. But as I got better, we got to remember one of the hardest parts is it's not something a lot, most people get better from, survive, especially on top of the mental health and the things that I did, right? Homelessness. So you start losing those friends or di disconnecting from them in ways that, you know, it's healthy for you maybe. Or, and then the but when the pandemic happened, I lost a lot of friends, either back out or just death. There's really no place else you can go because my friends were a small subset. I had only known sick veterans for this amount of time and I, I hadn't talked to anybody else. So that's all I knew. And it was just constantly beating me down. So on top of that, I'm, I was leaving all of that behind coming here. The pandemic happened. And then again, the VA messed my benefits up. It's a common thing. Uh, one of the things they tend to do, which makes zero sense. And I heard this when I was down at that wounded warrior care in Boston and it pisses me off. And this is why I speak to it. They send out letters to uh, their population to tell them to sign papers, do this and that. When they have a monstrous group that is homeless, there's no place to send those letters. So time after time, a letter doesn't get signed. They make a mistake. And then without the veteran knowing, he just show, just all of a sudden, he just realizes he has no money. He has nothing to survive on, things like that. And then trying to get it fixed is a, it's a nightmare in itself. But I, I, I kind of jumped off the subject there, Mike. No, no, you're fine. Um Toby, you have anything to add so far? Yeah, Toe baby. This guy's muted. You muted yourself, bro. Unmute, bro. Still can't hear you. <laughs> How about now? I can hear you now. No, I was just saying it kind of makes me emotional, Shane, like hearing what you've been through but i know what an amazing person you are now and how much you've meant to me uh just to hear about your struggles you know it's hard it's hard and i really respect the person you are now and what you've been through i appreciate that you guys are my besties you're stuck with me so you guys are kind of f word you know the f word i don't think i can say it on youtube but uh, i'll you say that my life you can sporadically i'll say that my life the stress that I have now is all good stuff. I'm in a good place. Don't get me wrong. Life's difficult, things like that. But I'm grateful for you guys, the friends I've met from UFO Twitter, 
so many people that you wouldn't even begin, Ted Rowe, just people who played a part in me getting better and understanding what was going on. So let me get back to before I skip ahead like I always do. Um, so I was dealing with, I just got home to a town that I hadn't really lived in because I got super sick when I got back, right? So I, I lived on the streets for so many years. So I, I was coming to a new place. Pandemic had happened. I was, I'm also a burn pit veteran. Um, one of the things I used to, I had to do in Jacobabad, we have to burn, they have these giant bladders, 50,000 gallon jet fuel bladders. And I used to sit out hundred yards from our, our work tent, no, no mask, nothing. And we just, you know, they have a couple thousand of jet fuel in there and, or it was never anything to, to get been, was it, there's some of those toxic uh, fizzy, these different toxins, you know, in your, on all of your clothes and stuff. I didn't know at the time what that stuff was, but so pandemic, like everyone, I was a little, well, not like everyone, I was slightly more worried for the simple fact of you got to put it in perspective. In my head, I literally just survived a shit show and I'm like, uh, flu's going to take me out or whatever you want to call it because my father almost died from it. So I was, you know, sketched and worried. So I didn't go anywhere. I'd sit at home and I'd just do nothing, you know, just like everybody else. But I started spending a lot of time outside. That's actually, I spend so much time outside just because of all the last, it seems like 10 years have been in inpatient or it was pretty much inpatient jail or, you know, on the streets. So as I'm sitting outside, I'd spend a lot of time laying. I like looking at the stars. I like physics. I like things like that. So I, I, I'd spend a lot of time just kind of looking up at the sky. And it, it, it was probably about maybe two and a half years ago when I first noticed something that kind of threw me for a loop. I saw what was, it almost looked like a laser pointer, right? And the reason I say laser pointer, because it, it clearly goes from one eye to the other as it sweeps. And I can't see it from any other angle besides when it hits one eye or whatever. And it's a flat, a really bright flash. And I, and it's red, super bright red. And I don't, I'd see it. And then I wouldn't see anything, no flashes, nothing like that. So I, I go look around the sky and I try to find it. And I'm just looking around and then I'd see it again. And then it became a thing that happened quite a bit. So I ended up getting my my phone, a gimbal, a DJI gimbal, and I, I swore I was going to try to catch whatever this was. And the more time I spent outside, it wasn't easy to catch. And I, and I don't think I intentionally, but I did get loads of video, which I don't share often. But it kept progressing. The more I'd sit outside, the less it'd show itself. But it'd be on times that I wasn't paying attention. Does that make sense? This is going to sound nutty. So what would happen is if I meant to look for it, I'm not going to see anything. It's only when I'm not paying attention that I, that I, I realize, Oh, boom. And then I start videoing or I know to look up and then be, there it is. I, I, this would happen so frequently, um, with whatever this was, and you can never see what it was doing it because it was just pitch black. You could just see that pulse. It progressed from there to, to what looked like uh, someone lit a match in the sky. So it looked like someone lit a match and out of the dark came what looked like a flame. And then the flame would dart straight up and it'd go side to side as it was going up. So it looked like a tadpole almost in, a, in its motion as it, and it went up and it'd keep going up and it'd keep going up and nothing crazy, no super speeds, nothing just on its way. Well, from that, this is about a year and a half in at this point. And this, this is a continuous tune about two years experience, maybe more. Um, the next thing I started encountering was plasma balls. 
orbs? What I don't know what they are. Um, I know that Space they make. Yeah, I know they make zero sense. I'll tell you this. I have the wherewithal to use apps. I'm a combat veteran, Air Force. I know what we can and can't do, what we can and can't fly. I know a lot of things. What I don't know is what some of this stuff is. And I live near Hanford, the nuclear site. And I, I used to wonder, you know, what this was, what was going on. And I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, like, whatever this orb thing was, was it just seemed to always be around. So I made the comment quite a bit and I made, I was under the impression that whatever this was, was always there. People just aren't paying attention. And I, then I started thinking that it was people with drones. Cause I didn't quite go to that. Uh, you'd say UAP or NHI type thing. I thought it was people with drones that were just messing with me because it, it seemed too unreal, just constant, you know, always there. And I was always getting video of it. So I was under the impression it was drones. It was something because I'm videoing it and it's moving. It's, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The size of it's off. But then as I go in, I live in Washington state, I go to the mountains. I'd start recording them there. So as I'm going to Washington state and I'd be back home and then I'd record the same thing and I'm perplexed. So then I'm kind of freaking out. I'm thinking now, this is coming from someone who's literally cleaning their life up, trying to be their best self, and understands what PTSD is, and it's in his past. All of a sudden, I'm talking about all the time that people are stalking me with drones and stuff like that, right? So, this is something I talk about all the time, because I had some people that were, once they found out that I, I like to spend time outside, I think they were trying to get a rise out of me by using drones and stuff. I got some harassment. Let's just call it that, and we'll move on from there. Hold on a second. People in this town. I just want to add this. There, I f knew about Shane before I knew about Shane. Like Before I even, even interacted with Shane, I saw somebody post this video on Twitter of some old guy hitting him in the head with a shovel <laughs> on, on like a sidewalk, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is some crazy... Like, somebody did that? That person would be, you know done in my book if that happened uh but he just Wait, kind of what? like like a pacifist uh just like let it go um so that's that's kind of what he's talking about he's downplaying it but i mean i don't know if you it's still on your feed but i saw that video i'm like this is um nuts so i don't want to go too much into that because i know that's kind of like yeah. a whole other thing but he was being harassed by like weird people in his where he's from so it was like a bizarre thing uh i don't know how to um, describe it other than that. And before we go any further, we're, you've got lots of support here, Shane. Uh, Nora um, said, uh, you are incredible and you have helped her in, in many different ways that you don't even know. Your, your story is very inspiring. Shane says, Shane, we love you, brother. Proud of you. So, and, and I think Toby and I feel the same way. You know, like you've been through a lot um, and just continue um, with where you were at. You were leaving off with the drone thing and uh, seeing yeah. these things in the sky. So I was just under the impression it was these same people who are spending so much money. Think, imagine that on some high-end drones and following me from place to place. This is where my head was for a minute. And then I know I realized I started going overboard because at the same time the pandemic is happen, happening, I'm having my experience. And it's not once, it's not twice, it's a lot, almost nightly every night, whatever, whatever, for a long period of time. So at that same time, I'm also having to deal with people and their drones and that stuff, right? So my world starts bending a little bit because I can't tell who's who, what's what, 
what's you know going on because I still don't know what UAP and aliens are. And then because I was having such a difficult time focusing, uh, relaxing, doing any of that type of stuff, I ended up stumbling upon a book. And the book was uh, A Hunt for the Skinwalker. So this was about a year ago that I'd stumbled on this, I think, maybe. Because I, I think I had started my Twitter already, but I, I didn't know what it was, and it was more of an anonymous account. But I started it because I found out I some of the things they talked about in there, especially those orb things, made sense. So made so much sense that I, I you know, got on there to follow George Knapp, uh, all these other people and try to figure out what's going on. Then I discovered UFO Twitter. And things progressed. They continued to progress because I was still dealing with a lot. So this is, a, again, a person. This is going to be something I'm going to talk about. One of the things that's important to me is I talk about mental health. I talk about the interaction between uh, an experiencer and their mental health recovery, things like that, because I knew, just like other people, that you can't go to a doctor and say, hey, I'm seeing this. I need a little help so I can figure out. Because for me, my mental health professional has always been about kind of parsing through my head, what's in my head to tell, you know, to kind of help guide me a little bit here and there and get me, you know, get me out of some situations. But knowing that would get you a psychotropic drug, it could possibly get you a three-day hold, it could get you a new diagnosis. And not all doctors are like that, let me add. But in the VA and a lot of places, you, it's when that's all you have, you know better sometimes because again, the pill game is is something that they give to you Frequently, they change stuff up a lot, and it's not something I've I ever ever enjoyed. So I I spend so much time talking about it because it was mind bending. I'm telling you, I knew I needed to talk to somebody because, again, this experience, regardless of what people want to think, happened a lot daily, and it was I'd be on spaces with you, Mike, and I'd record stuff. It it was just constant. I assumed it was Hanford, but um. And shout out to Ted Rowe and UAP Med guys. You need to look it up. I'm working with, I'm doing some work with them, trying to do some outreach to let medical professionals and stuff know this stuff exists because it's important to me. But uh, and, and yeah, that. he was he was in spaces like legitimately recording these weird like plasmoids or orbs or whatever they are. Um, usually, I mean, I'm not like a debunker or anything, but I'd say ninety to ninety five percent of the videos I see on ufo twitter and whatever are easy to tell it's like a hoax or this or that or you can kind of identify i legitimately don't know what's going on in shane's videos i'm not saying it's extraterrestrial or interdimensional or anything like that but i can say that i'm somewhat skeptical and i don't know what that is so so basically you're saying shane you found this online community and you brought your story there so Actually, I got I got there. Let me go back up a little bit. I got there to UFO Twitter. And no, I was anonymous, just like everyone else. I didn't know what was going on. I was still worried that it was people. That was my main thing. And, the, and it was freaking me out because they were everywhere I was at. And I was like, how? How do they know, right? Um, because again, we'll get back to this. Remind me th about the mountains when I'd see them in the mountains. Because that's a point I should not go over. I shouldn't pass up. But... Uh, so I'd spend all this time looking, trying to figure out those people. Then I found UFO Twitter. Then I, I spent a lot of time going back and forth. Now, I I wasn't, I until recently, more recently than any time, I, I know it's something I don't understand. 
before that, it was always back and forth. It's got to be something I'm mistaken, I'm missing, messing up. Doesn't make any sense, and I just couldn't figure it out. Um, as on UFO Twitter, I ended up seeing Chris awake while sleeping, and Sean just my videos, post videos, first two things, and I talked to them, and I realized, oh wait, I kind of have. So we, I started trading, putting videos that were anonymous on there, you know, just here and there. I always put the same couple because I just don't really give two craps. It's it's lights on a video, right? And I've got a couple years worth, it, and probably enhancing them would do something, but it doesn't, it's my experience. It doesn't really matter. To me, it's the question of what it is because it does not make sense. As I'm finding them, right, uh, they introduce me from person to person, and then I end up, you know, kind of doing a lot of camping. Because I don't know anybody, I'm not from here, I'm having these experiences, the harassment, all this stuff's going on at the same time, and I have no support network, there's no uh, NA, no VA, there's nothing, the pandemic is still going on, so I do a lot of camping, a lot of by myself stuff, and I start recording them in the mountains, but at the same time, I start becoming obsessed with geology, I'm talking, uh, full, I'm a full-on prospector with equipment now, and know the what's what, because that's all I thought about, and that's all I did, uh, either recording these things or I was in the mountains looking for gold, platinum, palladium, whatever I could find fossils. And it was obsession. And as I, as I'm doing this, I alternated between my brain was just exploding. All I want to do is listen to books. I can't, I don't watch TV or movies hardly ever, uh, philosophy or, you know, nonfiction books, constantly physics, things like these. I just loved learning. So I'd, I'd spend all day, every day reading books. Uh, at least have an audible going, whatever I was doing, working out, it didn't matter, which I started getting a lot into the UFO books. And I, and so all day, every day, I started reading those and listening to those. And this is about it um, already X amount of time after my experience, right? And I was pretty sure I'm not understanding what this is, but I couldn't shut off my brain to the point that I ended up having to go to, uh, go to the doctor to get back on. I have some pretty severe ADHD and even on the medication, Chris and, uh, Jared and them can confirm that I'm, I can while out a lot, you know? Um, but I don't even know why I said that right there. <laughs> I don't know. We can confirm it too, though. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have some pretty wild, uh, ADHD, but so I had to get back to them, get on medication just so I could, you know, kind of focus. Cause it was just seemed like I, I thought it was my lack of focus. That's why I didn't want to do anything else. But all I did was just kind of, I'd listen to books and do three or four different things at the same time. But I, I kind of retain them too. That's why where why in spaces and stuff, I, you know, I could just, I talk a lot about a lot of topics. I do a lot of that stuff too. And it never shut off. And this is stuff I never used to do. This is things, I was always in the sports. I, I think I went off to Butler, played football for a little bit. Uh, you know, played in high school, all this type of stuff, and then military, and I was never really, really learning hard, but, man, I, I fell hard, and, in that, and just reading and learning about these subjects, oh, I'd spend so much time in white papers, like medical journals with P, about PTSD and all these other subjects, and now UFOs, and it's just, it's funny, because that experience, at the time, I was having such a difficult time being friendless, uh, not knowing who I was, what I was, what life's about, what the meaning of life was, and it took my experience to kick, to seriously kick in a series of events and people and things like that that have given me all that. Like, I found my meaning. I know you can have meaning in work. You can have meaning in just 
negative, I mean, bad things that happen to you, right? You can find meaning in all kinds of things. And I realized a lot of my meaning comes from the, the crap, the shit that I lived through, that I put people through, that I'm here now and I have the wherewithal to speak to these things. And because I can speak to these things, maybe I can help one veteran or experience or someone else out. So I don't have a problem talking about them. And it's important to me that I do. Obviously, if you guys have been on Twitter, you know my spaces. Sometimes I can get on a, a soapbox and yap away. But a lot of times I prefer to promote conversation. And the reason I we're doing this podcast is because I wanted conversation. It is about answers for me. I don't want anything else. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. It doesn't matter what reports come out. It does not matter what's in the paper. I, I'll do my job. I just keep talking about it in this way, right? And also speaking to the experience, the recovery, the mental health portion of it, that's super important because I promise you that's something that's not being touched. Um, and spreading the word to my family, reaching out to them, having a script ready, you know, things I know I can say because there's certain things that'll turn people off when you talk about the subject, certain things that won't. Um, I know that and I, I often I, get... I feel like it's interesting that you say that, Shane, because it seems like people are finding more and more people that have been through more trauma have more experiences with the phenomenon. Would you agree with that? One of the things I often say in my spaces is it feels like, so let's say that all of us are just some kind of an antenna, some natural antenna, but maybe because of the amount of trauma I've lived through in my life, I'm just kind of pulsing. So I'm drawing attention. Doesn't mean I'm special. It doesn't make sense because I've been, well, I should probably back up and not jump ahead like I always do. So, yeah, I do think trauma has something to play in it because I don't recall ever before 2020 even believing in this stuff. Besides my great-grandfather talking about it, I don't remember any of ever seeing anything like that. High strangeness. I was I would have called bullshit. Definitely would have called bullshit. Uh, I still have trouble with mine. So I know that after my experience started and it kept evolving, the different things I'd record, see, and it was frequent all the time. And then I got it in my head that, you know, I actually met Paul Hynek on UFO Twitter and he had sent me a book, Man's Search for Meaning. And I wasn't aware at the time, but I, I knew I needed to get out of the house because it's been a while and I was dealing with all that crap. So I was like, I'm going to go to a UFO com conference. I've never been one. So I signed up for the one that had, had symposium in it, which was in my UFO Twitter name. And just so happened, uh, Paul Hynek was there. And I met Chris Lado and Alexi, um, Lucia's Labs, you know, a, and a bunch of other people down there. Uh, Amy, uh, all these people, right? And they became my friends. I, and I realized I had such a good time that I ended up meeting up with uh, going to Blind Frog Ranch and doing the, the tour there and becoming friends with Charlie Boy, Dwayne, all, all of them, right? And it was just the coolest experience. But then I couldn't figure out why I was so passionate about going. I mean, I was, I had to go. There was no, I was telling my family, there's no not going. And then I get there and then I, I didn't know what Blind Frog Ranch was. Remember, I don't watch TV. I knew what Skinwalker Ranch was. Just as, That's probably one of the only shows I watched because of the book. But as I'm down there, I'm listening to Dwayne talk about they're looking for minerals and things like that and all these other things, right? And they're having all these experiences. So that night, I, I was looking in, I was looking at doing some of the research stuff, and I found a couple different places where they talk about pros, the old prospectors used to say, if you see a UFO, mark that spot. There's probably uh, precious metals under there. So I wondered, I often wondered if, because I was obsessed. I actually, uh, 
I brought a rock down there and gave it to Paul. What it has palladium, platinum, gold, all that kind of stuff in there. And I couldn't figure out. I know Kevin Day, he was one of the people that I also found that was like that as well after their experience. And so I know across the board, some of this stuff happens to some people, even though the experiences differ. But I left Vernal and I was on wait. By that point, I was waiting for Wounded Warrior. I, I decided to try to go back in. I think I even announced, I announced it on Twitter. This is how on point they were. So if you can, guys, donate to Wounded Warrior. Uh, I have I, the link down below if anybody's interested. Thank you. I, I ended up tweeting at him, thinking about going back into Impatient. I knew I needed something because I was I was still wasn't feeling it. And again, I'm good about taking care of myself. And they got a they tweeted at me, said DM us, and DM, and I was on the list. And it was just a matter of waiting. It took a little bit, but again, this is civilian. This is donations. This is you know that type of thing. Um, so I just kind of sat, was waiting and planning my next UFO conference visit, trying to figure out where I was going to go. But at that time, I ended up starting doing spaces with Sam, Tup uh, Tupac, and uh, Jared. And they were really good about getting me to talk and, and being super cool to me when I really hadn't talked to anybody. And that's how I met you in these spaces, same thing. And then it's just a trickling effect. I start meeting all these people and I start actuating something that I had in my head because when I got out of care the last time I had swore that I was going to do podcasts and stuff. So I had a platform to help veterans and addicts and mental health patients. This is prior to my experience prior to so much so that I bought all the equipment and it would just sat until we decided to do a podcast. I just had to put it together. And after my experience, I was just like, I, I can't believe I'm here doing this because of that. It's, it's quite unique, I suppose. All right. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, let's start with this. Um, from a mental health standpoint, addiction standpoint, um, and I can speak from the mental health stuff on my end of things, but when you don't have anything bigger than yourself to like believe in or um, lean on sometimes, uh, life gets pretty, pretty desperate. Um, and I listen listening to you talk you know finding this and finding the community and something bigger than yourself was obviously super super helpful to take your mind off of um all that and also when you have mental health issues you know having a bunch of free time is probably your worst enemy unless you have some sort of outlet for that um which it looks like you found which is awesome uh but so when most people go through like aa they come out I don't, and I don't know if you know anybody that's been through AA, but they start talking about like God and like a God. Um, and it's not necessarily like the God of the Bible, but just some sort of higher thing that connects us all, uh, kind of a thing. And I'm kind of getting similar vibes from you, but you, you did that on your own. So that makes me wonder about like the mind. Um, and I think we do need something bigger than ourselves to believe in. I really do. Um, you know, you could believe in the universe or believe in energy or some sort of spirit that connects us all or whatever. But if you don't have any of that, I hate when people are like, oh, I'm an atheist. I'm just a good person. No, no, you, you, you might maybe, but you know, you want to sound like Richard Dawkins, that guy's, you know, well, come you on. know, I should also yeah, lucky for Shane, he found you to believe in Mike. Dude, hey. I, I, I've been all about positive vibes, and there's reasons for that. I'm not perfect. And see, Mike liked that because he's all about that too. I'm not perfect. I have bad days, 
And guess what? I have to make myself be a positive person, but there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's because I get in my head, I wake up and I, I, I have a life that I burn down. I have regrets and guilt and shame, just like every other person. And some of the things that are so fascinating to me now, because I can feel this is awkward stuff. After my experience, I realized, you know, the beauty and all these little things, the cool things, just, I, I should rewind a little bit because the first time I did a podcast was witness citizen. That validation that I got and I decided to come be, go from being anonymous. And it was a rough time to do that. But I should also say Gary Nolan followed me after that. It doesn't seem like a lot, but that was validation. That was, I'll never be able to explain what that did for me, right? And then I met Ted Rowe. And Ted Rowe was the only person I talked to, literally dumping my experiences and DMs to him because I knew I couldn't go to somebody else. So... As these synchronicities keep happening, I keep popping to different people. And then there was a point when I was really low and just randomness, Diane Pasolka had reached out to me in DM and asked, invited me to her class. She'd done it, uh, I think twice now, but that, that first time that I, and I didn't go into the class the first time, second time I was in Boston with Wounded Warrior, so I had to miss it. But the first time, that inclusion, that, I, I it was the perfect timing because it was, I needed it. and. Sam and Jared and all these people that I've met along the way to support. It's not easy for me to do podcasts and spaces. I, my inner me wants to beat myself up and, you know, all these other things. But I do it because of support from other people. And that includes people in the community, the UFO Twitter community, that take a beating for no reason. Lou Elizondo. I wouldn't probably be here if it wasn't for him. You know, Richard Butt, Bob Pliskin, all these people who've cared about me when no one else gave a shit. And they were from UFO Twitter. Um, that's one of the reasons I really mess around with all these other things, right? I, I stick around UFO Twitter just because it just seems like a family in there. And I, I know a lot of people probably, if they're not, they don't familiar with spaces. It's just a place so we can congregate. I like watch, I like asking questions and hearing other people's answers. It helps me in my search for answers. And I also realize, yeah. and I, I think too, like you just mentioned all those people and everybody likes to shit on those people. However, I don't think many people know uh, the good things that those people are like helping you, giving you positive vibes and affirmations and asking you if you need anything and things like that. So, you know, the drama people can do their thing while the adults in the room, you know, attend to more important things, which are these bigger questions. So um, whether you believe in whatever they're saying or not, so besides the point, we're all human beings and those human beings are making more of an effort to connect with people on certain levels than some of these people creating a, a fuss on a internet app. So I just wanted to point that out. I appreciate you pointing that out. I completely forgot where I was at, bro. I should have wrote that down. Uh, Thanks, yeah. Mike. So uh, <laughs> let's go back. Cause I have some questions back. Cause you, you went, you kind of went through your whole journey in like a, a summary there, which was great. Real uh, quick. It, go ahead. I skipped over quite a, a bit. Like I, I had a previous daughter, I'll, a, some pretty traumatic shit that I'm so still we can working get to with the, my doctor. We can get to that. I, yeah. I just wanted to ask you, though, about um, your military uh, experience specifically. So you didn't mention what did you do in the Air Force, number one. And number two, I know uh, Nora sent us a question. Had you had any sightings or any anomalous experiences while you were in the Air Force? That's important stuff, huh? So I was two Fox one, which is fuels POL. I refueled aircraft on the ground. I also did some other things with that deliver fuel. Didn't matter. 
do a job behind enemy lines, things like that. And I never saw anything while I was in that I was aware of. Um, I was good at the military. Nine years, almost 10 years, active duty. Not a sing Never got a letter of reprimand, LOC, no paperwork, decorated. Um, outstanding unit with Valor, uh, with a V device. Uh, just did my job and I was good at it. But then I got sick. Uh, I didn't notice anything about UAPs or anything like that at the time. And I still would have called bullshit. I was I was a different person then, though, as well. So different that no one would recognize me right now. The, the way I am, the way I act, and things like that. So I, I wasn't aware of anything at that time. And I would have called... The only thing I had ever dealt with, besides my grandfather, was a series of books. Uh, actually, Estimate of the Situation, shout out to him in his comic. Uh, he sent me a book because I had mentioned, oh, that's the very first book I read about the phenomena. And it was like a time-life type book or whatever. And um, that's about it. So it wasn't until I was at my worst trying to get better and climbing out that I started noticing this stuff. And I don't know if it's because of the pandemic and the, the amount of time I had on my hands. But I will say that I hated it. It was so much that I hated it every bit of up until at some point it changed. And I realized that while it may have felt negative at the time, it shook me up enough and gave me something to focus on enough that I got out of my shit and started doing other things and met, met people and stuff like that. So the people you were serving with, did anybody ever mention anything like UFO, UAP related while you were deployed or it did, did it just never come up? No, never. Even, I didn't know what a UAP or UFO was really. I if I probably spent zero time doing that. Most of my time as a kid was in comics. Well, you have to you have to also put it in perspective. You're you're in a hostile area where there's mortars and things going on. Where you know the the least of your worries is some alien coming to scope you out. Right? You're worried about people actually trying to kill you at that point. So, um, but I mean, I think it. I think people have seen. I've talked to other people. Um, that I've seen weird stuff, you know, but I kind of what I'm saying though. I mean, I talk with my cousin, um, when we go camping, you know, we, you know, we go sit by the river, pack a couple knolls and, and get weird. And he was telling us about desert storm cause he was in desert storm. And a lot of it had to do with like these like large oil fires and crazy things like that. And, and not really much of kind of the UFO UAP thing. So, you know, when you hear these people talk about this stuff, even Lee Adams, who I had on with Red Panda Koala on Mind Escape, was saying um, similar things like you just go about your job. You like you're just focused on your job. You're not really focused on anything else. So um, I think it's an important question to ask because if there is somebody in one of those zones that notices something awesome. But from everybody I've talked to that's in the military when you're actually in one of like you're either at war or in a hostile area, it's, it's very rare. I would think to be paying attention to other stuff like that, unless it's obvious or something. You're uh, muted, Shane. You're muted. I will say I'm a member That's of your the fault, gravy Toby. skills. Meal team six, baby. I was going to say, Hey guys, just, just so everyone's aware, you know, I hold spaces after this, we're going to do a space. It's, I scheduled one for nine, but since Mike messed it all up, it's going to be pushed back. It's just whenever this ends, we'll do a space. So I will take some blame for the time thing, but if everybody saw what was happening, it was <laughs> it was literally watching like the uh, I don't even know the Marx Brothers or something trying to get this thing together here. 
Um, so, all right, we talked about your military uh, a, a little bit. Now you mentioned what you did. Um, now you you mentioned you got sick. What what did that mean? What do you mean sick? Like towards the end, like sick, sick. Was it from PTSD? Thing? PTSD. Just- Mental. Panic attacks, agoraphobia, okay. um, yeah, just mental health, severe mental health uh, stuff. So, um, and what you said they did, they gave you pain pills for that, or that was no, no, no. I had a surgery for carpal tunnel. Oh, and okay. so that's and they gave they gave me enough for quite a few months. Let's okay. just say that to introduce yeah, back, me to them. Yeah, back back then when they first started prescribing like Vicodin and all that shit, they were handing it out like candy. Yep. You'd go in like with an injured finger. Here's 120 pills that'll what's last that, you. What's that show um, with uh, Michael Keaton that came out on the addiction? Uh, I can't think of it. I'm gonna look it up on Lugo real quick. <laughs> uh, anyways, that was. I thought that that was crazy when you saw how all that stuff goes down. Um, but sorry, dude. I gotta fix this. Bugging me. Okay. Go ahead. Um, Basically, uh, dope sick. Yeah, dope sick. Yeah, that's a great show. If anybody hasn't checked that out, I, I can't watch that. shit like that. Oh, I'm sure. Well, yeah. If oh, if, if, if stuff if stuff like that, <laughs> if stuff like that, not the, I'm I'm laughing about Shane's cable just flew in, in yeah. front of his face. Um, but if if yeah, if stuff like that's triggering to you, don't watch it. If you're like a former addict or something like that, but. Uh, it is a great show to show you how um, this whole pill thing and pill mill and all that thing kind of got going and everything. And both, you know, I don't want to give away too much about Tobey, uh, but we're going to get to his story and, and there's some overlapping themes with him as well. So, um, but back to you, Shane. Um, so you got sick. Um, and then, so how how long before things started to crumble in terms of like you said, like you lost everything. Did it happen relatively quickly when you became addicted or is it something that slowly happened over time or? Um, it, it took time. It would have happened a lot quicker had I not had a family or a wife that was kicking my ass and dragging my ass to treatments. I kept screwing off and just like, I wasn't ready type stuff. Does it make sense? So yeah. if I if I wouldn't have had somebody fighting for me, I probably I was ready to die. That's all I was trying to do is kill Shout myself. Shout out to Tara, thank you for whooping them into shape here, and still doing it. Mm-hmm. Finger guns, Tara. Shane, you need to organize your UFO, bro. My what? The UFO you're in right now. <laughs> this shit's all messed up, man. I, it's bugging me. Just leave it, because you're bugging everybody else now. All right, back to the, <laughs> back to the show. Um, it's fine. Nobody can see it, dude. I can't see it. Just leave it. Just leave it. Uh, no, I, 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 I couldn't just, hear you. But I can, I can hear you now. So just leave it. Um. So back to your story. Um, you get you get hooked on these things. Your wife's helping you kind of get clean. But you were on the streets for how long? Did you say eight years? Ten years? How long was it? Um, 2000, probably 13 or 14 to 18 around that four years. Okay. Four years. Um, how long were you, is that how long you were addicted in, in total or was it long? No, no. That's just how long I was pretty much just straight up fitting all, uh, I was a heroin addict injecting. I don't know. You can't see him. 
I, I put it I've seen in a my picture veins. of his arm. It, it's gnarly. It's all yeah, scrubbed up. You can see it at ufoexpo.com. Oh, yeah. You can definitely see it at ufoexpo.com. Um, that was a very shameful plug, anyways. But, uh, 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 so you were shooting up, you were doing that. Did so, was there any other resources that, like, aside from your wife and uh, maybe some other people that you knew that were concerned about you, were there any other resources uh, that you used or? you know people reaching out to you or anything like that the va anything along those lines wife va helped a little bit but wounded warrior yeah um there's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of options out there for people in that situation and that's that's i still kind of feel the repercussions with my family you know you damage the hell out of your family, destroy them just as much. They're picking up the pieces. There's no care for them. None. That's what I'm here for. Um. Yeah, it's it's just crazy to think about you like that, too, because I know you as something completely, you know, different. I've only known you, actually, for um, about a few months, maybe a little three, four months. Um, and in that time, um, I've learned a lot about you but it's just hard to picture you you know in that realm doing those things um because you're you're so you know with it now i don't you know I've, I've known some people to go off the rails a little bit in my day and they're unrecognizable so uh but i'm glad you're doing what you're doing um you know to help other people along the way do you think that um do you think that your experiences with the UFO UAP thing, like as I mentioned, gave you some sort of higher purpose or calling, or do you think that that's more of the community aspect, or like what do you think, if you had to really like break it down, like what aspect of it do you think has been most helpful, other than actual people helping you? I found my meaning in the fact that, again, you can find meaning in terrible stuff, and because I survived these things and then talking to others and realizing there are others that exist that have to deal with these type of things. It wasn't easy for me. I almost didn't make it because of my experience to, to imagine besides the slowly trying to kill yourself with drugs your entire life. The one thing, one time in my life I was at my lowest and thought about that suicide was when I was at my best self because everyone around me thought I was crazy. I don't blame them, but it was the situations I was going through. There's no one to talk about with. So that's all I did is talk about what's this, why is it, you know, and I was jumping deep down this rabbit hole, but then it got really bad because again, I was clean. I was feeling like I was my best self, but doing, talking about these things when not everyone, knows they exist and then talking about them so frequently because it was happening so frequently people don't look at you like your best self they look at you like a schizophrenic and that was rough i couldn't figure out it was a why me thing you know why me what the hell's this what why what did i deserve i mean i didn't have enough on my plate right like i why me some... poor me is is a disease of the mind i when i was in the depths of my ocd the poor me's just took me over and 
it keeps you hopeless and you have to break through. If you keep thinking, poor me, poor me, poor me, you're never going to get it fixed. You have to break out of that. Anybody listening, whether it's mental health, addiction, stop feeling sorry for yourself and get, get, do something, do something. Just, you have to break free of that. The poor me will get you. Sorry. I just had to say that. The poor me was getting me, you know, because it's like, you know, I hadn't been through enough because I, I also, these are things that I haven't talked about. And there's a reason. Maybe someday I'll talk more about them. But I, I've survived some gnarly child abuse, a sexual assault as a, as a kid, you know, all kinds of other things. And so at that point, I was just like, you know, I hadn't seen enough and dealt with enough. And there's even more that I just hadn't felt comfortable yet talking about yet. Most of my stuff's just out in the open. But there's quite a bit that I haven't because, again, being clean having the wherewithal of my brain and I'm just now revisiting all this stuff. Hell, most of my military stuff until I did this podcast stuff sat in a box. I didn't even know about most of my awards, my decks, you know, dates are still a little fuzzy because I don't think about that stuff. Well, just know that we all respect the hell out of you and we all love you and your transformation has been amazing, man. And I, I honestly, I look up to you for the perseverance you had and just where you've gotten yourself to now. So thank you for sharing your story. That's the only reason we met, honestly. And I feel like everything happens for a reason. And I feel like you're a super positive voice for not just UFO Twitter, but anybody struggling with mental health, you know, PTSD, which affects people in my family. So thank you, man. You know, I love you. Love you too, Toe Baby. And uh, I just want to share a, a funny story. So the way no. Shane and I met was um, actually same thing through Spaces. And he had sent me a message like, hey, man, really love the podcast. Love to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And then he like sent me his number and like we started like texting. And I rarely text people from online, maybe a few people. I've become more um, open to it with people I trust, uh, you know, with the podcast stuff and everything. But um, all of a sudden, I'm interacting with this guy. I'm like, dude, this guy's the most positive uh, person I've ever talked to. Like, what the hell? And he's like, I want to help with the podcast, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So we start talking more and more and more. Shane, I can honestly say this, is the one of the only people I've ever met in my life that when you talk to them, you feel better about yourself and more motivated to do more stuff. I had been doing Mind Escape for like five years at that point, and things were just kind of, you know, rolling along. And then he comes around and like reinjects this like excitement and like reinvigorates me to do the thing that I love doing. So it's like Shane has, you know, it's important that he's here and helping people because I don't know many people. Um, I don't know many people that give that energy off. I can think of a few in my life, like in, in person. But Shane, I mean, I just want to say, man, I love you. And I'm happy you're here, too, because I've never met anybody that exudes the kind of energy that you exude. And I know you've got your own issues and you've got bad days and things happen. But when you're on it, bro, you're on it. I don't know many people like you. So that's why your story is important to share. And that's why you're an important person to be here. So I'll tell you that. Like I said before, I make myself, and that's okay, be a positive person. But there's a reason. I spent my entire life living a bad life, a life I, sh- I didn't realize was toxic, 
being the kind of person I didn't that I now don't want to be. So I make myself be a different person every day. And I also, it's very easy for me to slip back into that old guy by being around conversations and stuff like that. And then if you can't make your own life positive, you, then what chance do you have? So I do my best to surround myself with positive people, be a positive person. I have my issues, of course. I, I, I could be a jerk. I can, this is not what I'm saying. But one of the things I strive to do is to be kind to everyone is the best way that I can because there's enough shit in people's lives without being slung. You can disagree and still find a way to find value in that person and the things that they say. I, I know that I feel horrible when, and just like my old me, when I when I had those kind of interactions when people are just being mean and doing garbage stuff. I know I sound like Mr. Rogers, but it's actually, it's a mental health thing for me. It's how I keep myself the way that I am safe, healthy, clean, all these things. I avoid that bull crap because that toxic baloney, it's not a part of a human life that I want. Well, since we're sharing stories, I'll... the reason I reached out to Shane was my stepson was going prospecting and I just happened to see, you know, I liked his post about his sightings and just talking about mental health and UAP and everything. So I reached out to Shane and asked him for some advice on prospecting. And he sent me like 10 resources, like immediately. So <laughs> thanks again for that. I, I do that a lot though. Anytime anybody reaches out for me and obviously you can only do so much, but like about addiction and mental health, I make it a point to kind of keep in contact and talk to him. I, I'm retired, you know, fully retired. So I, I don't, if that's what I can do, if that's my part, just speaking to these things, just trying to let other people know what I went through, what maybe they can expect, or maybe I know what can be fixed in the VA. I'll do it. Especially the whole no longer being anonymous thing. You know what? Between people like Ted Rowe and Matthew Roberts and all these other experiencers that come before me that come you know, with their names that helped me because I realized you know, read their books or talk to them and realize that this phenomenon's real, you know, I can do that. And I'll be damned if because of my experience, if I'm not my best self in my best spot with, I, I couldn't have been happier, still clueless as to what's going on, but I couldn't be happier. Maybe you should uh, talk about UAP med some more so people get an idea of what exactly it is we're trying to accomplish. How about you talk about UAP med? No, how about you? Okay, so Ted Rose and uh, Deb from UAP Studies, uh, Colleen Albines, one of the members of that as well, and uh, Deb's data do is it Deb's data dojo as well? As she they started what's called uh, UAP Med, and it's an outreach program just to let medical professionals, mental health professionals know, give them the resources they need so they can do their own research, perhaps, and figure out you know, it's not always cut and dry. Something's possibly, something's here. We don't know what it is. We can argue all day long what it is, where it's from. But there's something that isn't our tech, that isn't another nation's tech that's here. There's enough experience. There's enough data that's not being shown. The government's doing what they do because they got programs to hide, to, to bring in, in front of Congress so they can decompartmentalize, whatever you want to call it. Um, I got on my soapbox and forgot what I was saying. UAP med. Yes. And so what they're doing is basically outreaching. So when I was in Boston with Wounded Warrior, it was about a month ago. One of the things that I took away that I, 
I really wanted to do was I actually spoke to my doctor before I left and said, hey, if you ever take anything away from me, what do you think about UAP? And she said she didn't, which is quite a few people. They just don't. So I said, well, and explained a couple things. And that's a bold stuff. I know how to read a room, and that's very important. You got to learn the terminology you should probably use, learn how to read a room. And I knew what to say, and I just kind of didn't. In the end, it's not me I wanted to believe. I give her the resources. And she's down there. It's by, right by Harvard. I see Avi Loeb, you know, Gary Nolan, Diane Pasolka, all these other. Uh, looks like we lost Shane. Um, but he'll come back. Um, so what do you think, Tobey? Some pretty serious stuff so far. Yeah, I noticed you changed my name, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> it just makes um, more his, sense. I don't know. His story is fascinating. And like I said, I I think what he went through. What the? I don't know what happens, man. Every time. Yeah. Every time. I don't even know. It just kicked me out. And I'm like, wait, what happened? How, how much did you, get, you guys get of that one? Somebody come get your grandpa. He's wilding out. <laughs> um. No, you were talking about uh, uh, UAP Med and Debs and Ted Rowe. You see what Screen said? What's that? I can't pay He survived all that to get taken out by the glitch. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. The machine elves. I I also want to make sure to say thank you to the Roswell Daily Record for being a part of my journey. Uh, Alejandro, Karen... UFO Congress, all these events, Paul Heine, all these people included that I, I don't even think they can imagine. Most of them from UFO Twitter. You'd be surprised at what they did for me in, in in spots that I needed them. And same with my family, but you guys especially, right? You guys know the part of me a lot of people don't, which can be wacky, but it's also kind of a moody freaking, uh, I guess you'd say kind person but moody can be like I'm so, i beat up myself quite a bit and i, I got so you guys constantly your reaffirm your re your i guess your reaffirmment for me is quite helpful just like or just kind of tell me pull back on the reins because i can get excited i can be a bit much just ask anybody that's met me in person no man i mean like i said your 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 positive vibes are infectious well i mean yeah you bounce around a lot but we'll help you focus you know keep you on on track because um that's what bros do uh in in terms of you know we we have a lot of stuff planned obviously to help people in different ways uh stuff we're going to be working on in the future through the podcast with the podcast aside from the podcast um which we'll all talk about in the future um but uh yeah i mean lots of cool stuff you know coming coming into uh the the picture and, uh, you know, the other thing is, is we, I guess we can announce it now, is uh, Maurice and I's document. Do <laughs> Don't do it? Don't do it. All right. Toby I'm just kidding. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I don't know. I thought no, there was a re- I, I have to go fight my cat real quick. All right. You do that. But please make the announcement so people know to show up. All right. So we are going to premiere our documentary, uh, The Experiences. We're going to change the, the second part of the name. I don't know to what yet. Uh, it was from UAP to DMT, but because of Saucer Co. And we eventually maybe want to make a T-shirt. You know, who knows? We'll, we're going to change that up a bit. But we're going to 
um, premiere the documentary at the UFO Expo in Roswell in March. Uh, Toby's in it. Shane's in it. There's a ton of people in it. Um, I mean, we're talking scientists, um, UFO people. You know, it's got Dr. Michael Masters. It's got, um, uh, you know, Rick Strassman, Andrew Gallimore, um, Leah, um, you know, just tons of people are my philosophy uh, uh, partner, uh, Sanjana. We've got tons of people in the documentary from experiencers to scientists uh, to people in the UFO community. Matthew Roberts is going to be in there. Um, so tons of stuff. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to premiere it there. And we hope everybody that can show up shows up. Um, but yeah. And we're going to try and include some of Shane's clips of his um, his orbs and his UAP and all that stuff. So, uh, But yeah, I just wanted to mention that. And in terms of um, uh, going forward, Shane, um, obviously you're doing all these Twitter spaces. You know, you, you, you let people speak their minds and everything like that. And obviously there's a positive response. Every time I come to one of your spaces, somebody's always like, thank you for letting me share my story and get it all out there. Cause people don't want to listen. You mentioned how your therapist, um, you know, you felt scared to, to mention this to your therapist, uh, at wounded warrior. Um, so that's what UAP Med's going to be working on. But I, I think that there's a lot of categories that are like that. I remember when I went to CBT therapy and my therapist was a former priest. Um, and somehow it got into uh, like philosophy and I started talking about like psychedelics and stuff like that. And by the time, uh, like after a few weeks, um, I think he was even intrigued by psychedelic therapy and the... Um, the experiences that can come from that. Uh, but from talking about like the UFO UAP thing, I, I feel you on that from the sense of what you're going to tell this to that person. And they're going to, you know, they'll listen to you. I think they'll be nice, but secretly you don't know what they're thinking or how they'll respond or what they're writing down or whatever. So I think that that's an important pr uh, part to bring up. How do you feel like UAP med is going to fix that? Just, educating people because i know that that's what the psychedelic community is doing they're going to all the therapists and all the outlets and saying hey this is how you do this or this is how you um, employ these tactics or you know set setting different things at different aspects of it is that what's going to happen do you think with this um or do you think that that's a, a more of a long-term thing that's what i think that this is, is educational I, I think it's about getting the message out there, making people think twice, or doctors perhaps, you know, about this. It's it's kind of a new subject. Just like, uh, whereas right now addiction medicine is pretty much like um, regular medicine was in the 1900s. That's how new addiction medicine is. Now imagine this kind of medical, because there are injuries. There are people who, injuries, there are white papers about all these different subjects. We don't have to argue about them. But we need to let people know that there are other options or, you know, not everyone's crazy. And I hate to use that term and you don't necessarily need a pill, but imagine if we had not only the, all the scientists on board, but the medical professionals, the amount of data you could get. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think, again, it's just one of those things about, um, 
letting them know it's a thing. You know, like I, I think if more of these practitioners, I don't, I mean, who knows if they're reading the paper or looking at UFO Twitter or looking at Twitter, or looking at anything. So when you say UFO to somebody that's not paying attention to it at all, they might think of it as like somebody from like the 1960s or 70s would think of it like, oh, flying saucer, you know, weird people like that, you know, kind of a thing or whatever. So um, it's definitely something that will be an uphill battle. Um, and you'll still have pushback, I think, too, no matter how prominent it is. Like, like I said, look at psychedelics. There's new papers published on psychedelic therapy like every you know, a couple days. Uh, it's all it's all over all the time, and yet you have therapists pushing so hard against it um, to to keep the current paradigm, which obviously isn't working. So I feel like you're gonna get that from this whole topic too. Um, so I don't know, just my opinion. Well, I like your opinion, Mike. That's why I'm here. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, He's here for the edibles. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, um, I think when I look at your story too, you, you have gone through the hero's journey. Um, it's obviously not over, uh, but right now, um, you're in, you're in the midst of it, you know, you've maybe slayed the beast, but there's going to be other beasts. There's going to be other hills to climb, mountains to climb. Um, but do you feel like, do you think about it in that term, in that way at all, or like, do you think about that? I can see that now. I still got a lot of hills to climb, that's for sure. But I can see that now. At the time, I wouldn't have. I would never have. You know, when you're going through it, you're just going through it, and the amount you go through, you just. You just take it day by day. So it's it's hard to ever take the time to look back and be like, yeah, and it is. It's pretty crazy because it is a hero's journey, huh? Not saying that I'm a hero, but. What I am is someone who, I guess, has a new take on life. All because of my experience. New things, new life, everything. I'm grateful, but I'm also curious. I'm, And I, it eats at me, it gnaws at me not knowing what it is. That's what's getting me. Is the, no matter how much I learn, I learn about this subject, I realize I know, I know less and less about this. So it just gnaws at me because the amount I've seen it recorded it and to not know and to have people around you not seem like they give a crap. It's just, it, it eats at me. I don't, if this is one of the, this is the biggest thing as a human period, full stop. Then it changes everything. That's all I can say. And yeah, and I understand that, but I feel like at the same time, when you talk about going through addiction and all the trauma you suffered earlier, people don't realize those sort of things. That's something you're going to deal with every day. You may have beaten your addiction for now, but every day you have to fight to just stay above it, right? Every day, you got to make a choice when you wake up, whether you want to be a good person, an addict, all these things. So yes, every day. And I'm grateful because now I'm to the point where I don't have cravings. I don't think about that life anymore. And you had made a comment earlier. You you couldn't see me as that. I can't see me as that. That's how well I've been and I am for this amount of time. It's hard for me to realize. I mean, seriously, I, I lived in a stairwell. What? I ask myself these questions all the time. What was What were you doing? 
you know? Hey, man, I get it. My life wasn't as tumultuous, tumultuous, or I can't speak tonight, tumultuous or severe. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at one point in my early 20s, I found myself living on one of my friend's couches uh, with nothing. So um, you just, like I said, the poor me's will get you. You have to make a decision. And that decision should always be to help yourself um, and get yourself right. And everybody wants to help everybody. That's great. But you need to help yourself first before you help anybody else. If you don't have your own stuff in a row, don't start looking to help other people yet. you got to get your own stuff in, in in, in a row first so but i agree shall we go to some questions uh yeah do you want to ask one of those questions from nora yeah you already asked number one mm-hmm. has the activity increased or decreased recently and that's from nora so Buzz here we go me. anyway so he got some platinum in his body it's reflecting you know, i don't know so adamantium it, it got it's progressed it's gotten more intense up until i kind of stopped paying attention to it i don't think anybody can understand that they think wait you what when you've recorded it as much as i have or, or it's just kind of a i know it's here even if i never saw it again so it doesn't matter but I, I don't really pay – every now and again it gets my attention or maybe it, I pay attention. When I was down in, in Vernal, I saw something. When I was down at Phoenix this last time, I was outside with Jared and I, I saw that same sweeping light. So did that answer your question? Well, I guess my question – my quote follow-up on that would be if you were to walk outside right now or in the next few days, do you think you would still see it or do you think it would take you going out and just like – trying to to have it you know what i'm saying like is there an intent there was there intent there um i and think if, i i'm under the impression that i would still see it yes if i spent enough time out there it'd be i'd probably still record it or see it one of the two I, i'm under that impression because i've never since i started having the experience i've never went more than and i intentionally took a three-month break at one time to see if that would happen and it did again so I've never actually really concerned with it. I'm pretty sure once, like Diane Pasolka says, once they once you notice them, they notice you. So, I mean, it is what it is. All right. Here's the following question. Do you feel any closer to any answers? Only thing I feel closer in to knowing is answers for myself. I would say of who I am. But I am no closer to knowing what it is. But that's the crazy part. They're intertwined. No matter what anybody tells me to this point, and I'm sorry, my nose is starting to get clogged. I'm sick. Uh, my lack of Mike answers. Gave you COVID. Yeah, that lack of answers for the subject. Yes, but because of the subject, I've gained so much more insight to myself in my world. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. And this. Brings a great follow-up question. What is your favorite moment from your recent UFOCon interactions? Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, I just meeting people. 
meeting people I talk to every day on UFO Twitter and Spaces, and just meeting these people who discuss this subject passionately. You know what it's like to do what we do in Spaces or in these podcasts, but sit down with Micah Hanks and Chrissy Newton have a beer, uh, or talk to my, Dr. Michael Masters while you're outside, you know, about these different subjects. And that's what we do. A lot of people do that. They have this interest. So that's the coolest part is doing this in person, those kind of connections and meeting other experiencers in person. So. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting question because I mean, I would, I don't, I don't think this is the same for everybody, but I found the more that I learn and the more that I know, the less that I know, if that makes sense. Cause there's going to be a whole host of questions that come up from learning more. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so like, the more you learn and the more you know, the more you realize how much you, how, or how little you know, which is, you know, not a lot. So, um, I, I, I don't, my personal experiences, while my own experiences have been interesting and added insight into my own mind and, and life and things like that, I don't think that they yielded anything that I could take away and be like, that's the answer to life. and But I think that that's the point. I think it's a symbol for looking for those things. So it might be a reminder. It might be like a, a guide stone or something like that. Or just like I said, like a symbol, like, hey, we're here. Or, hey, look into this kind of a thing. But I don't think it actually gives you knowledge, if that makes sense. It does. Oh, and Screen has an interesting question for Shane. Shane, did your experiences only start after you got clean? And he says, normally it's the other way around, LOL. Actually, yes, it was only 2018 when the last time I had used drugs. I mean, weed, I, I still smoke weed. But Not yeah, a drug. I was, yeah, I was clean at the time. So, yeah. I mean, I've been clean since. So, yeah, I've never had. I mean, and it's, and it's legal where you live. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, though. I mean,. Um, I know a decent amount of people when they started using psychedelics or whatever, they realize, oh, there's weird stuff I'm seeing, entities, UFOs, things like that. So, um, but yeah, that was a good question. Um, do you have any other questions? You guys want to get a little controversial here? I mean, it depends on what kind of controversial <laughs> it is because not, not Shane style controversial. <laughs> <coughs> this this question though, Nora's last question. Any predictions for the coming report? The upcoming government UAP report. People are going to be unimpressed. It's going to be it's going to be a, still going to be a fight. It's just my I mean, they're hopefully they we get some kind of disclosure, but I they're going to I have a feeling they're going to try the defense department's going to do their best to keep it a secret because it helps them twofold. It helps Don't you them, hear, bro? It's space trash. Yeah. It, it, it helps them keep uh, our black projects hidden. We can always just say it's UFOs. It also, if they do have crash retrievals, which I'm pretty sure they do, it allows them to reverse engineer. So this may just have been a, a, a soft disclosure, a way to bring it before Congress and let Congress know, hey, we've got something. That way we could get, get away from the compartmentalization and start having scientists do science on them, collaboration. Because countries like China and Russia, they are, I mean... The only reason we have it is because it's tough to keep secrets, but those countries are be cutting people's heads off. So it's going to be hard for them to say a lot because they're worried about other countries getting some of this tech. 
Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing to me is when that came out, you had two different types of people, people that were like, you know, that article the other day uh, from the New York Times. People were like, um, you know, pointing out the obvious, which there's a lot of like contradictions within the article itself. Um, it's void of any actual evidence or proof. Um, and I, I found it interesting, the people that were all on the UFO um, train and board and whatever um, before now find themselves as skeptics or pseudo skeptics or whatever saying, um, oh, well, you were all on board with the New York Times when the, you know, the, the article came out in 2017. Like somebody came at me. I'm like, what are you talking about? When have you ever heard me praise them one way or the other? So I, I find it interesting people using that talking point. Like everybody's like so... Like, be original. I saw that, like, tweeted out, like, a hundred times. Like, don't tweet that at me. You Do you know who I am? Have you ever listened to me talk? You know, bring something better to the dialogue. Bring something better. If you're going to come at me, come at me with something interesting to say, not some, like, rehashed, you know, talking point that everybody's been saying all day long. So, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's... <laughs> It is what it is. Uh, unfortunately, I wish there was more um, people in tune with like epistemology and ontology and teleology. You were mentioning purpose earlier, and I wish more people would would look into that, those aspects of it. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of those things where that stuff irritates me. While I'm sure both of you look at me as more of a skeptic, um, I'll def I'll defend you know UFO Twitter on that on the article thing because it was it was a junk article it was poorly written you know whoever wrote that they should have had a background in at least philosophy or science which they had neither it was apparent um, so yeah I mean if you're gonna write something to uh, try and take down a community or whatever you have, you better come a little bit harder than that so. So there's a lot more educated people on UFO Twitter than the person that wrote yeah. that article. So it was a pretty. T it was. I tell you what, it's clear from the article. Uh, I I don't begrudge him. He was he's a journalist. I guess he did some journalism. Uh, but he clearly states in there of the identified, right? It's space trash. This that. Or that. No one gives a crap about the identified. It's the unidentified that our United States government can't identify. That's a big thing. So that's what's important to take away from that, whatever anybody says. Yeah, and I mean, Shane, and I'm sure Mike, too, we, we have sources, you know. I don't want to say on the inside, but we know people that know things. And um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier where they wanted to bring it out. So the Senate and Congress was aware about it. You know, you need to get more funding, and then suddenly you can tuck this back into these black projects without being so compartmentalized. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Well, the other thing um, that's interesting is, is, you know, there is a lot of like, uh, like back and forth. It's almost, I'm not saying it's like planned or anything, but it's like, you know, some of, you know, the New York times in the past, they've been pro finding out what this thing is. Now other news agencies and newspapers are getting on board with it and maybe they're doing the hipster thing and it's like oh it's not cool to talk what, what's the other angle you know vice does that a lot vice was so pro psychedelic and then all of a sudden like two years ago vice switched to like uh how can we look at the nuances of the psychedelic community and, and poke holes in it you know like stuff like that so um 
you know, there's a very hipster element to these things. When something becomes cool or popular, you have like, how can we take the other position on this and, and come out on top kind of a thing. So it's all a game to them. Uh, but I would just point out that, you know, I think Shane's right about the report. I think it's going to be underwhelming to people uh, that are expecting it to be awesome or have some crazy. I mean, ho hopefully we're all wrong. But um, for me, I don't need any sort of validation so I think it just sucks for people that have never had an experience that are fascinated with the topic. Um, you know, I mean, our buddy Chase in here, I, I know he's seen a demon or something, but <laughs> he's, out here, Toby. he's here, out here eating frogs. I mean, let's just lay it all out here, boys. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you could look at it like, was that guy being fed that information to justify, like, war? You know, like, because, like, if it is China or Russia – uh something's flying in our airspace like that is that that's what that leads to right so um you know you better be careful about what you're what you're talking about and what you're putting out there because i think that that has some serious ramifications and at the other at the same time i don't think it is another country because if it was one of those other countries that we know have malicious intent they would be using that to their advantage right now and and you wouldn't even maybe not even know about it but they would have a serious advantage so um, I would just point that out that I don't think that any of those other countries have that technology because if they did, they wouldn't be struggling uh, so mightily uh, out there. So I agree 100%. Now let's move on. Shane, you have a question from Randy. Has Shane interacted to his lights? I've asked mine to go brighter and change color. I tell them how beautiful they are. Um. Not intentionally. I think before I knew what they were, I got video of me flashing it twice with a flashlight when it got pretty close to me. And I think it flashed back maybe. Or maybe it was, uh, I don't know, it, whatever. But not on purpose. And then sometimes in my head, I talk to myself, not intentional CE5 and stuff. I'm not knocking it or anything. I just don't know what I'm dealing with. So I hate to dial the wrong number. I, I, uh, I'll say things in my head, you know, after waiting for hours outside to record whatever the hell I was seeing you know just like pissed off saying shit in my head and then it'd show up so that's about the only communications cursing at it because like i said it wasn't a fun experience for me now i'm more laid back but it was quite different i wasn't having a good time at all yeah that's the battle on a lot of these spaces right <clears throat> what's the experience like is it positive is it negative is it malicious is it uh, benevolent like what it what's what's going on um i get people come at me hard you guys have seen it i think maybe shane actually for sure has but when i say my my experiences have been positive people come at me hard um so um yeah everybody's got different experiences i listen to other people um and if it's negative, it's negative. You know, I'm not trying to twist it. But whenever I say I've had only positive experiences, people are like, oh, uh, you know, you really let demons in. Oh, my God, you had a, an experience with an entity on psychedelics. Oh, my God, the, the, the devil's going to get you now. You know, like it's it's stuff like that. Like, come on, get out of here. You know, like that's the kind of stuff I don't have time for. So I'll listen to anybody. They can speak their piece. I'll listen to them, respect what they're saying. I hate when people come at me just because I've had different experiences myself. So. Yeah, it's important that everybody realizes this. It's a, it's a big umbrella. So uh, I try not to, that's one of the things I validate. I try not to say I don't believe people, 
I don't know what's going on. And the more I meet people and the more I go to these conventions and meet experiences in person and go to the experiencer groups and talk, the more I realize Kiel and Ville were probably the closest, but they're probably way off like everybody else about this subject. I, I'm past the point of record. I, I got a new camera, so I, I'm going to try my best to record better ones, right? Because it's got great zoom. And thank you uh, to everyone who helped me with that. But I'm past the point of trying to prove it. It's more about me trying to get data, trying to see if I could. I don't give a crap what people say at this point. It's obvious that it's something that I don't understand. So, Yeah. And you have, um, you know, plenty of videos that are up. Do you guys know what's up with the videos of people trying to upload about like orbs and stuff being taken down? Have you seen that recently? Um, I think it's uh, some mistake with the algorithm because I saw that some other people were having a lot of trouble with other types of videos. It was labeling as something else, so probably something. Like, it's probably not conspiracy related, but you know, I don't mm. know. Lots of orbs, stuff like that. But like I said, this is the reason why we need medical professionals in here because sometimes the experiences come hard. <laughs> fast and heavy and it'd be nice to have a medical professional to help pull you out of the deep end because this rabbit hole is way deeper than anyone can imagine that's all i can say i think that's well stated is there anything else you want to add shane before we wrap it up about your story and you know obviously we'll talk about it more and i'm sure there'll be stuff that you'll share and be more comfortable to share in the future but Based on just right now, is there anything that we left out that you want to add in there or anything? Just that uh, I appreciate all the support and all the people that are my, I call friends and everything that I get from these interactions with people. Um, I think it's important we keep doing this. At the very least, we can put the message out. But that by message, I'm talking about, hey, talking to a friend, a brother, a relative, somebody, letting them know that something's here, maybe pointing them in the right direction for research. The more people we bring on board with this and have get their Congress on board, we deserve to know at the very least. And uh, I think it's important that we have these conversations. You're not always going to like the people we talk to or that you have to have conversations with, but you can respect them and take something from whatever argument they bring. That's why it's always important to me that we do have these positive conversations that I keep guiding a specific direction. It's just the way my brain works. I don't need, if I wanted screaming and yelling and cursing my ptsd ridden brain will already do that already do that for me so i i try to keep, i guess foster conversations that i want to have and i may not agree with all the people but i also want people who don't agree with me to look me in the eyes as i tell them that i'm an experiencer that the subject is here it's real and and i do my best to speak to it in a way that i know and that i'm comfortable with but i'm not trying to speak to things like i'm some a scientist or researcher or anything like that. It, it, it's a way to bring people on board. That's why I, I do this now. That's why I hold spaces. It's not about money. It's not about anything other than there might be somebody else who was struggling like I was, and I can speak to all those different traumatic things that I survived and hope it helps just one person. That That's my place. That's my role. I'm good with that. Yeah, absolutely. And... um you know, the interesting thing about your story is, like I said, you've you then used it now to perpetuate that and, and kind of pay it forward, help other people out. You know, you mentioned the spaces things. If you ever see Shane leave a space, it's probably because there's too much talking or fighting because he does get 
triggered his PTSD when a lot of people get going at once. So, um, you know, if he's hosting the space, just keep that in mind, try and keep it civil. And, you know, if you've got a beef with somebody, you know, talk it out, don't get all worked up. So, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so is, is that, that, that's all we've got here tonight, folks. That's all we got. My my cold actually, I was good till the very end. My colds hit me right in the head. Now I got yeah, this I sinus thing going. We're getting over something here, uh, my house as well. So, um, but listen, thank you so much for being you. You're awesome. You're super super positive. Um, you know, like I said, it's infectious. You know, you make me want to do my creative stuff even more and harder than I was doing it before. Um, so like, that's the energy you're bringing and you've, you've definitely injected some life into something that I was just kind of going through the motions with. So, uh, I appreciate what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, keep, you know, helping other people because you're really good at that. Keep like facilitating the ability for other people to tell their story. Um, and uh yeah we'll keep doing this podcast and keep trying to have these interesting conversations for people and yeah that's i mean that's all i've got to say on it i just wanted to say guys hey wounded warrior is important to me do me a favor if you can click donate buy some merch go to our uh roswell daily records merch store they got some cool gear there's some of my favorite shirts and stuff like that i'd appreciate it they support us they've helped me on my journey and it's not about money but we need Obviously, we need to support the people to support us. So I'm also thankful to Toby and Mike for being a part of my journey as well. And everyone I mentioned earlier, UFO Twitter and stuff like that. And poor Toby and Mike, you can't quit me now. Uh, no. Yeah, we, we don't plan on it, bro. Um, yeah, but if anybody's interested, I have the link for Wounded Warrior down below. They've helped Shane tremendously. So if you want to give to an organization and help somebody else out, that's that's the place to do it. Um, we've got the link tree link down there. If you want to support the podcast, please follow us on all the social media apps, as well as leaving us a nice review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. If you're listening on the audio platforms, please check out our YouTube channel and subscribe and come watch us live. We do our episodes live on YouTube. And if you're watching live on YouTube, also listen to us on Spotify and all the uh, audio apps as well. We are actually, we do have our video podcast on Spotify as well. Um, Don't forget uh, Roswell in March. Check out ufoexpo.com. We're going to be going live from there and we'll be on the speaker panel. So it's going to be a good time. Lots of people going. I'd like to see everyone there. High fives. Yeah, we're going to, again, we're premiering uh, the documentary uh, that we're all going to be in, as well as many other people. As I mentioned, you know, Dr. Michael Masters, Dr. Bob Davis, uh, um, Matthew Roberts. Um, it's, it's centered around Chris Wolford's story. So Chris Wolford is kind of like the main um, premise in his experiences on his farm. Uh, and we've got, like I said, like Rick Strassman's in there, Andrew Gallimore. So it's a mixture of just experiences from UFO, UAP stuff to uh, psychedelics and entities and esoteric stuff. Um, and yeah, if you're interested in this and uh, you want to hear more, uh, Shane's been helping me out with my other podcast, Mind Escape. I have the link down below as well. Uh, we just did an awesome three hours and 15 minute episode with Randall Carlson. Uh 
this last week, which was amazing. And, you know, Shane, he, he mentioned talking to skeptics. He was on the Mick West episode with me where he questioned Mick West and, and explained to him that he was an experiencer and looked him in the eye, as he mentioned before a few minutes ago. So if you're interested in all that, just, you know, check out Mind Escape. And, um, yeah, follow Toby on Twitter at RDR Incident. Uh, follow Shane on Twitter at Old Vet Symposium, and you can follow me at Mike Escape. Um, and uh, shout out to everybody. Shout out to B. Shout out to Screen Name. Shout out to Chase. Shout out to Leah. Shout out to Nora. Um, shout out to, uh, let's see here, who else? Corporal ABE11B. Um, let's see who else is in here. Uh, yeah, shout out to Randy. Um, yeah, and uh, just everybody that's helped us and joined and contributed. And, um, yeah, we're always looking for, you know, if anybody wants to help out with the stuff we're doing in, in any way, whether it be posting stuff or helping creative stuff, you know, reach out to us. Uh, we're trying to build some sort of a, a team, you know. So, But I just Jamie. want to say, yeah. I just want to say, J.H., Jamie, you're okay. doing awesome. Keep being positive. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for helping us. And Chase, my brother, all them. Everybody that's helped with this, Nora, all the questions, I appreciate all that love and the ability to accept me for the special person that I am. Well, again, we all love you, Shane, and we appreciate you sharing your story, and I know it's emotional and tough and everything, and I know you'll disclose more in the future, but if anybody's interested, are we still going to do the space? Yep, very roll we're gonna, over the space. We're going to jump on this Twitter space right now, so if everybody wants to jump on there with us and, and come chat, uh, please do so. So, again, we love everybody. Stay safe out there, and uh, peace.